three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. How's it going? Good. Yourself? Fantastic. <laughs> so, um, tell me a little bit about yourself since we're meeting for the first time. Sure. Okay. Um, my name is Skylar Dennis. I am um, the market marketing director and strategist of 90 Day Legacy Builders. And uh, I hail from Louisiana, Southern Louisiana. Uh, now I'm uh, located in Houston and a marketer by trade. So initially I started off working for a bunch of different companies in terms of their marketing program. Um, some you probably heard of like AT&T, uh, Charbroil, American Airlines, Samsung work, work, uh, did marketing for all those companies. And then in 2015, I wrote my first book. It was a self-help book called How to Cheat Death. And then from there, I decided if I'm going to do marketing, I might as well do it for myself. So I uh, branched out on faith and started my own uh, my own publishing company. And and I started uh, the marketing division for our, our company. And the rest is history, man. Been 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 rocking ever since. Awesome, man. I guess. How did you get into marketing of all things? Good question. Um, so. Basically, um, I actually started with marketing through network marketing. So um, uh, a close friend of mine who was my mentor, he introduced me to network marketing and I immediately fell in love with it. I fell in love with the aspect of um, the personal development aspect, which was huge for me. Just constantly listening to positive material, being around positive people, reading the books. It was it was something that from my hometown never heard of it's something that nobody does nobody reads where i'm from Mm -hmm. nobody listens to positive material where i'm from you know and so that immediately caught my eye just the fact that uh, i'm around all these people that think differently they talk differently they're always talking about what's possible they're always talking about uh stuff that they're going to have instead of stuff that is in their recurrent reality and that immediately attracted and attracted me to it and then uh, I realized he, he kind of made me realize my gift of influence that I didn't realize I had before. And so he taught me how to use it, he cultivated it. And from there, I just I just had a love for just influencing people in positive, a positive way. Nowadays, I think that media and all things we have going on are influencing people in the negative way. So I love being a counter, uh, a counterweight to that. Mm-hmm. I love being the yang to everything that's going on in society now. So, gotcha. And I guess com- coming from your your background, the environment that you you came up in, um, like, how did you meet your mentor? Then, since nobody really does that, nobody reads, nobody um, looks at things in that way. Um. So we we actually worked together. We worked at uh, AT&T. So I kind of started with the, from the ground up. I was in college, mm-hmm. broke college student. I was willing to take any job anybody would give me. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired of eating uh, bologna 
and bread every day. Literally, me and my brother, we stayed together. We ate bologna and bread every day in college. And so I was willing to take whatever job I could get. And so at t is the person that gave me a chance. Um, and I was, he was a salesperson there. And he eventually became a manager, then eventually started his own company and left there. But uh, met him. He was a sales rep there. And I was like sales support. It was like the lowest on the totem pole in terms of the company. And I was just, I just stuck to him like a rug. I was immediately attracted to his personality. And, just, you know, like I said, his positiveness, the way he was the top seller every single month. I just naturally gravitated toward, and most people do, you gravitate toward success. You gravitate toward uh, people who are, who are doing it, the top people in the industry. And so I said, if I wanted to have his results, I had to mimic him. So I would just follow around and just mimic everything he did to the point where like people thought we were twins. Like I would talk like him. I would walk like him. Um, I, I mean, everything I'm telling you, like we were like, literally I was the spitting image. If he was somewhere, I was right behind him. And, uh, and so we, we, uh, we attracted Ben. Then when he started, when he found his business in terms of network marketing, he immediately, I was the first person he called uh, or one of the first people he called and he, he put me on. It was a no brainer for me. I jumped on and the, like I said, the rest is history, man. Been gotcha. rocking ever since with that, with that regard. Oh, you need a minute? If you need yeah, a give minute. Me just, okay. give, give me just a minute. Okay. Let's get back. Let's do this right. <laughs> cool. So, oh, you you tell me how you met how you met your mentor. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, that was it. Um, we connected through through our job, and then from there, I I, I just mimicked him. Um, and I think that that's very important in terms of when you find somebody that's doing what you want to do or successful in the area, just mm -hmm. copy them. It's it's okay to copy. The problem that most people have is not that they're being a copycat; is that they're copying the wrong cat. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta find the right cat and copy that one. Right. Uh, so that's what I did. I latched onto him, man, and because of that, uh, I mean, I have, I've been, I've met with so many opportunities. It's expanded my mind to the person I am today. I would, I, I would not be the person I am today and have the success that I have now if it was not for him and the the lessons that he taught me. So, shout out to Mr. Mal Robinson if he's uh, ever watching. Awesome. So, um, so you went from AT and T to. Um, where'd you go from there? And okay, so man, it's a it's a long journey. Okay, so from from uh, AT and T, like mm -hmm. I said, I and branched off into to to doing business with him, mm -hmm. and um, had some success, and that business actually wound up failing. Um, and so from there, I went and I did some marketing for a, for the company Char World. Mm -hmm. um, worked for they worked for them for a while, then branched off into Samsung. And from Samsung, then to American Airlines. And then at that point, probably around the Samsung area, I was actually building my business. So I put my book out, started building my business. And then um, from the American Airlines, uh, I kind of started tapering off and, and doing my own thing. Gotcha. And yeah. I guess um, with, with your book, you said it, it was titled Cheating Death. Oh, uh, yeah. How to Cheat Death. Yeah. How to Cheat Death. Gotcha. How um, how did that come about and, and kind of like what what made you what inspired you to write the book and can you t tell me a little bit about it because that's of eventually course. what what led to you starting your own um, publishing business with Jamonica. yeah 
So um, that book is specifically for people who are looking for a purpose. They're trying to find their purpose. What I found was that I wrote it in my twenties. A lot of twenty-year-olds are trying to navigate the space of life, and they just don't know what to do. They go to college. We go to college, and we go and do what we think we want to do. You spend four or five, six years doing something. Then some people actually go into the space and realize, "I hate this." Hmm. Um, I found that whenever I was initially going to be a pharmacist, and I started, I, I worked uh, in uh, high school and a little bit right before college in the pharmacy, and realized I hated it. And hmm. so, luckily, I, I learned early. But I, I meet people all the time who work jobs, and they spent all this time to get this career that they thought they wanted to. They wanted maybe their parents told them they needed to do it or whatever, and they find out it's it's not in line with who they are, or they just plain hate it. Hmm. Um, and so I wrote this book for people who needed to redirect. You needed to look, I've been going down this path and I realize now that it's not my path. I've been following someone else's path that they made out for me. And so now I want to, uh, deviate and, uh, choose my own path, but I don't know exactly how to do that. How do I identify my gifts? How do I apply those gifts into, um, into, into making money and making a fortune. And then the second part of the book is about building that legacy. Everybody needs to be focused on their, uh, their, their, their building something that they can pass down. Um, I always equate it to building a, a tree um, where, where you can plant seeds today. And because of those seeds you planted today, it bears fruit that your, your family will have to eat forever. Like they can always pass that tree down and always uh, take fruit off of that tree and it'll feed them for the rest of their life. The problem with most people is that they focus on their first name, building their first name, getting fame, being Instagram famous, being Facebook famous. They, they focus on building their first name, not their last. Uh, building your last name is is building that that Buffett name, that that um, that Bill Gates name, that uh, that Steve Jobs name. The people who who families uh, Walmart, Sam Walmart. They're people who families will eat forever, and then their family will always remember who they are. The, the Walmart family will never forget Sam Walmart because he sacrificed today so that they can eat for the rest of their lives and generations to come. That's what uh, everyone needs to do. So uh, I built that book to, uh, with those people in mind. And uh, I wrote it. It's uh, how to cheat death. Uh, seven keys to overcoming a dead broke mentality. And it's it's an incredible book. Um, it's it's a fictional. It's it's fiction, half part fiction, half part uh, nonfiction. So I introduce it with stories of a character who's going through life like we go through, and then uh, I give you the lesson right after. So, you know, I, I capture people with the with the with the story. You're always looking for that next thing that's going to happen to uh, Malcolm, who's the main character. And um, then in between, I add lessons and say, OK, this is what you need to take from this story. You know, instead of uh, some some books, you know, they let you come up to the conclusion yourself. But I, I kind of give it to you. <laughs> I realize common sense isn't always that common. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That, that's awesome. So, I mean, how long ago did you did you write that? And I guess, yeah. Oh man! So uh, we released it in 2015. I, I mean, it, I pro it probably took me around six months to write it. Okay. Um, and in terms of writing it, editing it, and everything, uh, it was definitely a process. Uh, luckily for for us or in our clients, we are able to do it, compress that time for them significantly. Mm. We're able to get to do everything in 90 days. Um, and then, you know, the marketing aspect is a little bit later, but publishing 
Now it takes 90 days, whereas it took us like six months to be able to do everything from start to finish. Um, so we, we've learned to help our clients to compress time because uh, time is our most valuable asset. Right. I, yeah. I guess for, um, for that, I, was it difficult for you to write or, or was it just taking from your experiences and, and you just you're are you naturally gifted at writing to where you just like made it within six months? Because for some people, it takes like years and years to write books. Heck no. Um, I, writing is not definitely not my gift. I would say that um, grammar is not my gift. I wasn't I, actually English was my lowest score on the uh, ACT. So we took we take the ACT. Mm -hmm. um, so my English was actually my lowest score. So, no, I, I'm, a, I'm not a writer by trade or by any means. I just had a message that I needed to get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, luckily, I, we have some incredible editors that make me look good. So, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I just had a message that I wanted to get out. The way I did it is I wrote it in, in the way I would speak. So as I'm speaking to you, I wrote that book based on like if we were having a conversation. Now, right. as for the story aspect, you know, you have to get a little creative. And, and, I, and I did it very rudimentary, like, I did the web diagram and mapped it out like that. Then I did an outline and then I just added stuff to it. And, and, and literally like throughout the day, as I'm, as I'm thinking, I carried a notebook with me for the, the entire uh, three to four months that it took me to write it. Mm -hmm. I, I carried a notebook everywhere I went because I knew that the, the ideas were going to come from everywhere. So I, every moment of the day, you would see me writing. And I still do it to this day, actually. I carry a little journal with me. Anybody can tell you if they see me, they see me carrying a black notebook and I'm writing down notes. I'm, I'm writing down journals. I'm writing down things that I'm grateful for. I'm writing down ideas of things for business and, and whatever. Uh, I invite people to do that. Always carry that, carry notes. I mean, uh, carry a notebook around because right. your most valuable ideas, you're probably just passing them by. Like you're just dismissing them. Like, oh, that's, that's something that could be great. But, you know, I'm not going to do anything with it, but write it down and maybe six months when you're ready or, or three months or 90 days or or a year from now, you'll look back in that notebook and say, wow, this was an incredible idea. I need to act on it. But if you don't have it written down, you never you'll never be able to do anything with it. Got you. So did the book come first or was it the um, the publishing company? The book definitely came first. So the book came. First, we published it. We had, uh, we didn't have any success with it at first, but initially, uh, after we were able to create the marketing process we have now, we had so much success. Our book became like an international bestseller. Um, we, we, were, we were like the number one book in Russia for a long time. Um, after that, people started uh, asking us and saying, hey, how did you do it? How did you have so much success with your book? And so we decided to just help people. You know, just give them advice and walk people through it. And then eventually I was, and I was like, well, my mentor was actually like, if you do something well, charge for it. Right. And so we decided to build a company and, um, and you know, we've, we've been able to help hundreds of people to be able to feel stuck, who feel stuck in the, in the writing process and the publishing process or in just the marketing process. Um, nine out of 10 authors don't sell any books. The only books that they actually sell are the ones that they buy or the one that their publisher buys for, uh, for them. And then they just give them out. So right. we're blessed to be able to give people a platform. And the best thing about our, our, our business is that we don't just 
market your book. We market you. We help you build a brand. And from there, you're able to build a business just like I did. Um, I was able to build a speaking career off of my book, not just a publishing company. Um, we were able to do consulting for uh, different small businesses because of our book. And what we did is we required, see, I'm, I'm about to give you all of our free game right now. <laughs> we, we require our clients to buy our book, um, which just adds another, another revenue. They, every client has to buy our, our book so that they can understand the process and the train of thought because we, the, it's, it, 10% of success is what to do. It's very small. And people don't understand that. Everybody wants to know how to do something in terms of because I do stock trading. 10% is actually knowing how to stock trade. 90% is the mentality. 90% is getting out of the broke mentality. 90% is the controlling your emotions so that you don't do business stuff emotionally. Because really, my first business that I told you about that failed, it wasn't because it was a terrible business. It's because I wasn't emotionally, um, I wasn't emotionally sound. So I started doing things with my money that wasn't fruitful to the business. I didn't understand reoccurring capital. I didn't understand that delayed gratification. I was like, man, spin, spin, spin. Who wants a bottle? You want a bottle? You want, my boy wants some shoes? You get some shoes too. And so I was very uh, unfruitful with my money. And so I had to pay the price, unfortunately, with that. But that was a learning process. So. Got you. So I, um, I know you, you mentioned that. So you wrote the book first. And obviously you needed editors to help you write the book. So did, how did you meet your editors? Um, connections. So networking. One thing about entrepreneurship, networking is everything. You have to connect with different people. So me building relationships with people and telling them what I, what I needed, mm -hmm. then they connect you with other people. Right. And so just like, you know, Miss um, Nunnery, she connected us. And that, that's, not, that's the, the whole game foundation of entrepreneurship is that we every person that we employ or rather we contract is through connections we right. it was you we we were introduced by someone who introduced another person to us who introduced us to that person connected us with that person and gotcha. uh, and do that so okay. it, it's all networking and connections okay so i meant you you met them like the are the networkers that are not networkers are the editors that you work with now through your business, are they the same people that you met when you first wrote your book? Um, so no, no, we, we grew to that. We grew okay. to that. Um, once you, when, when you get to different levels of success, you attract different types of people. You attract what you need based on your level. So as you're, as you're, so a lot of, a lot of people, they'll focus on, I need this person. I need this person to be successful. I think that what we did was we put our head down, we grinded, we worked, and then we naturally attracted people to us that when we got to a certain level, they wanted to be associated with us. They were like, oh, y'all are doing it big. I know somebody who could probably take you to the next level. But if you don't ever get to the level, if you don't ever do the work to get to the first level, the first stage, mm -hmm. you will never be able to attract the person that can take you to the next stage. You've right, got right. you, you to max out level one and start approaching level two so that you can meet the person that can say, boom, I'm going to help you to, to jump that level. Gotcha. It's like it's like Super Mario, you know, in some some boards in Super Mario, you can do it yourself. But on some boards, you got to have Yoshi. And so but you can never get Yoshi until you get to a certain level. Then you mm -hmm. get Yoshi and then Yoshi helps you to get to that next level um, of the game. Gotcha. Same concept. OK. Um, so like 
I, I get what you, I get what you're saying. I, I was just asking like on a, on a personal level, like how did you yourself, you went from like working with AT&T, you met your mentor through the same company, you guys, like you were attracted to him by the way that he presented himself. And then from that, you guys built a business and um, it didn't work out from your standpoint because of the way that you were managing your money. But I'm, I was asking, um, during that time that you were doing the business, um, was it, I guess, was it just through like a networking event where you met an editor that was like, Hey, I've had this idea on my mind to write a book. And they said, Oh yeah, I, I can do that. Or was it just someone specific that connected the two of you together? Yeah. So, um, so definitely it was meeting certain people who connected me to, to those people. So, um, for example, the very first editor that we had, the very first professional editor that we had, mm -hmm. um, I, I was connected with this, with, uh, with, well, of course my, my older brother, he's a, uh, he's a principal okay. who he had a principal, a close friend of his that was a principal and she, um, you know, I was talking to them. We were, we were having dinner. We were at dinner, you know, at a Mexican restaurant. And I was talking to them about business and, and things were going. And then I was talking about how I needed, um, how we needed someone to be able to uh, edit because the person that edited our book wasn't mm -hmm. always available. It was a friend. It was a right, close friend right. that did it, you know, so they, they, they weren't really serious about it. It wasn't business for them. It was just gotcha. kind of a hobby or, you know, something they did for me as a favor. And um, from that conversation, I get a call back maybe a couple of days later and they're like, Hey, I got this incredible guy who might be interested in doing your, doing, uh, editing as a side hustle. And, uh, you might be able to talk to him and doing that. And we, we discussed it. Um, this person was a highly accredited English per, uh, uh, teacher, mm -hmm. uh, in all of the state of Louisiana. Uh, he actually wrote the curriculum for the English departments or whatever. And we connected, we talked and, uh, built a great relationship to this, to this day is still uh, an incredible relationship. Uh, he, he's big time now, so he doesn't do too much work for us. But, um, when we started, Hey, we just started small, say, Hey, I have a small company. I'm just, you know, starting, I'm trying to help, just help people right now. Uh, if I, you know, we discuss pay and, and contracting and everything like that. And then, um, we agreed on terms and boom, right. uh, he, he was, he was on our team. So I guess what, what's the, um, thank you for that response. Um, sure. I'm curious, what, what's the story behind how, um, you and Jamonica met, or do you, do you guys also have like other business partners, but how did, did the two of you specifically meet? Uh, great question, man. Um, through college, we both went to, we both attended the same college. We had mutual friends. Um, I think that we, 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 we just kind of saw each other every once in a while because we were always, we ran in the same circles. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, I'm not exactly sure how, when we had our first like conversation, but I knew when we had our first conversation, this was somebody I wanted to be friends with. I, just like the way she thought it was just different from any thinking that any woman I have ever met it just in, in those, in those terms, like just the way she saw um, situations and, and, uh, I don't even know if we were talking business back then, but just the conversations we had about life and 
politics and religion and everything. She just thought so different. And I was like, wow, this is a person I have to be friends with. So we, we cultivated a friendship first. Mm-hmm. And then from our friendship, we were having discussions all the time, like deep discussions all the time. Uh, and we were like, man, people need to hear these discussions. And so what we did was we created a blog. And so we created a blog where both of us would write and just give our opinion, uh, back and forth opinion about what we thought about different subjects about what was going on in maybe pop culture or what's going on in society, whatever. And then from there, or even business. And then from there, we uh, our, our blog was such a success that um, a lot of people were just commenting and saying, man, y'all need to put this information into a book. Y'all need to just put all this information into a book. And so from there, um, we we uh, we kind of mapped it out of what we we're going to do. And then we took some of the material, a lot of the a lot of the material that we did put in the book was like brand new. But the basis of what we had came from our blog. We used that material from our blogs to put it together. And then we uh, we you know, put out, we fine tuned it and then we, we created a book. And then, like I said, from the book, we actually created the company okay. and we've been cool. partnering. And yeah, me, uh, Jamonica and I, we've been partners. We, we have multiple ventures um, that we've, we've uh, done. We, we do real estate, mm-hmm. um, we do, um, we do stocks uh, and like different investing investments, uh, startup companies, um, all kind of e-commerce. So we, we built multiple different businesses from, from that one uh, relationship that we built a long time ago. That's awesome. Yeah. So you guys were able to do that from um, build the other ventures from starting at the publishing company or starting with the blog, which built the publishing company. Most definitely. Yeah. It's pretty and, and for everybody, we, look, we started with nothing. So for people who think that they had to, they have to start with so much money and mm-hmm. all this and know all these people, we literally started as co- two college students who became friends, who, um, who were just wanted to get out, like, just let other people hear our conversations. And from there, from humble means, like literally mm-hmm. $0, um, we built all of this stuff that we have now. And so that, that's a testament to anybody who's starting from, from scratch. Right. Look, you can do it because we did. That's awesome. But I mean, it also, I know $0, but also um, graduating from college, being able to find work and then save some of that up. Wasn't that somewhat helpful being able to rely on your own or did you have to do like fundraising or anything like that? So um, it did come with some, some investment later on, later down the line to scale, mm-hmm. getting started. We literally started with nothing. Like, like literally we started everything we have with nothing to scale. It took investment. So to right. go from, to go from, uh, you know, of course we need ads and things of that nature. Yeah. We went from just helping friends to helping the world. You have mm-hmm. to scale. It right. costs money to scale. And uh, you have to put up initial investment to do that. And then, you, you know, you use recurring capital from the money that you make. So yes, we did have to, after we start, uh, after we started uh, building, but mm-hmm. literally from when we started, we started with nothing. Right. Like from day one, we started with nothing. And then to scale, we, we did, uh, we did have to invest. Gotcha. So and we didn't have any investors. No, we, we didn't, we didn't, well, we didn't uh, fund. Not saying you shouldn't. Right. I mean, that, that's great that they had, the, I don't, I don't know if they had crowdfunding when we started, they might have, but uh, we definitely didn't know anything about it. We, we started from our own pockets, 
Uh, we right. didn't have any investors. We 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 had meetings with mm-hmm. different investors. Uh, nothing that panned out in terms of like we couldn't work out percentages and everything. But right. but literally, we we know we haven't had any any investors. Got you. And I know um, you mentioned the blog did well. So and your your book also did well. So is the book that you wrote? Did you did the two of you write it together, or did you wrote that book and then the two of you wrote a book together as well? Yes. So we the initial book, we both wrote it. Um, so the way that worked is that um, we took the blogs that we both worked on, put right. that together. From there, I took the I took everything and I kind of put uh, a di- different creative touch, which I created like the stories and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like all of the stories. And then Jamonica went through. Of course, she she read through it, added a couple of things, and then the the lessons she put her heart into. She put her heart into all of the lessons after that. So yeah, we definitely we definitely both um, created the book, and um, I mean she she probably took it more serious than I did initially because I mean she went over and over and over and read it again and again and again. Literally after I wrote it, I sent it to her. I was like, All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so really, yeah, I guess. I guess that maybe that that's what that's the question I was trying to ask earlier. So really, she was like your first the first editor since you guys were like working on the project back and forth. But then to get it to how you guys wanted it, like you went and looked outside of yourselves through networking and met other editors. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so, yes, yeah, you're very right. She was our first editor. Um, she actually allowed her. I think it was her grandmother to edit it as well. And then um, from there, we published it. And then we got some reviews saying that we had misspellings and things in the uh, things in it. So that's when we said, hey, we probably need to find somebody a little more professional to do it instead yeah. of just family, which is where I reached out to a friend of mine who, um, who went ahead and edited for, uh, did the editing for us. So That's awesome. So yeah, I guess you could say she was our our initial editor. Um, I, I don't know how how much uh, grammatically she how efficient she was on that, but she was definitely our, our editor. I mean, but she she is she is very detail oriented. So everything she does, she does she has to make sure it's perfect. I'm not me, not so much. I I, I put everything into it the first time, and I'm like, all right, boom, that's it. Right. And but she is very like critical of herself, and she's double checking and triple checking. So um, we definitely have a great balance. Awesome. So I, I one question I'm I'm curious to ask you is um as you've had success with the book, with the company and other ventures, have you seen um a lot of people locally in Louisiana reaching out to you and wanting to learn from you guys? Or is it do you still um see the environment around you with people that are like maybe not naysayers, but kind of reluctant to like Okay, hey, I see you're doing well for yourself. Like let me let me join or let let me come learn from you. Yeah, so I would say good question. I would say that of course now people see the results so everybody believes in you now. Right. <laughs> it's easy to believe uh, whenever you, the, you know, like I go back to the tree example, it's easy to believe when you already have the tree and it's there and it's bare and the fruits ripe and everything like that. People can come and eat, but it's, uh, when you're, when you're actually planting it and you're not seeing anything and you're watering it and everything like that, then of course you have a lot of people who didn't believe in you. I, I had a lot of friends and family, especially family, man. Ooh, um, 
that didn't believe in uh, in us at, at first. They on both sides for both of us. They didn't believe in us at first. Um, as far as Louisiana, Louisiana did show us love. We uh, a, a number of our first clients in terms of our consulting and probably speaking too came from like our Louisiana our Louisiana connections. So Louisiana did support us initially and got us and got us uh, effective. I mean, got us uh, going. What I would say is in the beginning, like your friends and family, they're really, I would use them as practice. Like I wouldn't so much rely on their support Mm -hmm. because all they can do is see you as the person you were or the person, you know, the person before you do the business owner, they can't really see you for, for what you're trying to become. And so those are the people you use for practice. Like I use my family to practice my scripts and my pitches and right. my speaking, my speaking, I, I use them to practice. I would call them and say, "Hey, can I run this? Can I run this uh, this script by you? I just wrote this script out for 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 uh, to try to get a speaking engagement. Can I run it by you?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, sure," and give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, one thing that entrepreneurs have to know is that initially, success is a lonely journey. It's a lonely road. Um, the only the only thing you really have is your hope and your belief. That's it. That's all you have. That's all you can rely on until you have the breakthrough of success. Then, like I said, everybody believes in you. Everybody wants to help. you. No one wants to help you when you're when you're first starting. And so um, don't feel bad if you're if you're going through that, if you're in that process now. Mm-hmm. It's temporary. Just keep grinding. Put your head down. Just keep going to that level. Finish level one. Go to the next level finish level two. And I promise you, um, you're, you're, once you level up to maybe level two, level three, people, will, you'll start seeing people to believe in you and help you. Got you. Awesome. Um, one last question I, I'd like to ask you is, um, what's something you gained from the year 2020? <laughs> um, all right. So I'm gonna be honest. Um, Actually, and it's going to, this is going to sound terrible, but 2020 was actually one of our best years um, because you had a lot of people who had time to quarantine. They were in quarantine, so they had time to write. They had time to to, to finish the book that they had set aside for, for years and get it done. We, 2020 was a, a blessing for us in business aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, your question was, what did I learn from it? What what either what did you learn or what it, just something that you gained? Because I, I know. The reason I asked the question is that um, what was gained, because a lot of people are pointing to what's lost. And even now, like a lot of things highlight what's lost. But what I like to do with this, um, this, this podcast or platform is really highlight everyday people, people in your neighborhood, people in your background, people that are like your neighbors, your friends that may not get the shine that's like kind of pumped out there through mainstream or whatnot. But really just taking the time to connect with people I see around me and people I'd like to get to know like yourself and just be like, okay, Hey, like how, how, how are you doing life? Okay. Um, man, that's a really good question. So I would say the the number one thing that I learned is that, is that no matter what season you're in or what season you're in, there's someone winning. You just have to find out who it is and how they're doing so even in times of war, when they're like the recession, when times of war, there was a company that was winning in terms of like people who sell military equipment, people who are getting government contracts. These people were winning. Mm-hmm. Um, even during COVID, 
You have people who are winning in the stock market. You have people who are winning um, in, in certain businesses like e-commerce businesses and things of that nature. So in any season, winter, uh, most people try to, most people want to give up in winter. They're like, oh man, this is a terrible time and this is so tough and everybody's losing jobs and everybody's going through that. And yes, that happened. People, people, some people lost family, some people lost um, jobs, some people lost everything. And, I, and I'm very sensitive to that fact. Um, what I will say that, that is you do need to have a change in, in perspective. So yes, times are tough. Yes, you're going through a tough time, but there's someone when you're going through that time that's winning. You need to align yourself with the winners and do what they're doing, even if it's temporary. If you're if we're going through a, a quarantine, find out who's winning during this quarantine and then do what they're doing. If they're making content every day, then you need to be making content every day. If they are. Um, they're putting themselves out with Facebook ads, then you need to start saving up money and ramping up and putting everything you have in the Facebook ads. If, if, if whatever's popping, I'm going to gravitate toward whatever's popping. I learned this from Derek Grace, uh, one, of, one of the entrepreneurs that I look up to in terms of uh, uh, he has the uh, home home banking system um, and home re-education system for kids. I love, I love all of his material. One thing he said is that he continues to, to readjust. He continues to repivot. Every time something is hot, he's, he keeps his eye ear to the streets. Every time something is hot, he jumps on it. It's a reason why it's hot. Mm -hmm. But you have to be adaptable. You have to be always laser focused on what's the next thing and then align your business with it. And don't be afraid to fail. Get, get out there and say, man, I'm, I'm going to put what I got toward this. And if it does great, boom, I got another stream of income. If I don't, boom, I have these other ones. But you have to you have to find out what 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 the winners are doing and then duplicate what they're doing. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. What did I tell you? People it's not about copycat. It's about copying the right cat. Right. Awesome. See, I brought that full circle. You like that, I don't like you? that. I like that. Even, <laughs> even just like the phrasing, I, I like that. It's like, just copy the right cat. <laughs> copy the right um, cat. That's what it's about. I, I appreciate the time, Skylar. Let the people know where they can find you online or offline. Look, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your platform. I thank you for everyone out there who's doing what you're doing in terms of giving out free information and connecting people with people with people that they probably would never have met before. So definitely uh, kudos to you. If you're looking for me, uh, you can find me at uh, 90 Day Legacy Builders on Instagram. Um, the sky's the limit on Instagram as well. Um, 90 Day Legacy Builders on Facebook, 90 Day Legacy Builders on uh, on Twitter. It's all the same. So um check us out awesome. and if you're looking for services if you're if you're looking to write a book or you're looking to market your book uh 90 day legacy builders at gmail.com send it send me a quick email and we, we respond back in a quick fashion so thank you again for having me you're welcome thank you sir all right have a good one you too